Hello, Doctor Who Podshock listeners. This is Louis Trapani. What follows is a very special Doctor Who Podshock episode. It's our live on stage recording when we were uh, live on stage <laughs> at Gallifrey 19 this past February of 2008. We were honored guests there. Uh, we want to thank everyone that was involved with the convention, uh, especially Sean Lyon and the whole troop, everyone that's um, all the volunteers and people that made the convention possible. We were delighted to be there. It was an incredible event and we really recommend everyone uh, to make any effort, you know, every effort, every effort they can to uh, to make it to this show. It's an incredible convention. It's a wonderful group of people there. They really made us feel quite at home there. Uh, we were there live, myself, Ken Deep, along with our Canadian correspondent, uh, Mike Durin. And um, we did a live show on stage with um, Paul Carnell and Sean Lyon joined us as well. Uh, there was just one big problem. <laughs> um, the audio problem, the audio recording that that, that um, we did here is um, to no fault of the sound engineers at Gallifrey that, that, um, that they were outstanding. Uh, the problem was the recording device that we were using was a new device, and uh, unfortunately, we um, it has um, not to get too technical, but the wrong inputs were selected for the recording. And instead of getting our microphone inputs that we wanted to record on stage, we got the ambient um, recording of the from the sound booth of the live show. So uh, the sound was pretty um, pretty rough. And I did my best in post-production to clean it out as much as I can. And um, But unfortunately, the sound does suffer, and it might be difficult to listen to. But, you know, it's a shame to let the show go to waste. Um, we had It was a good show, and we're going to try to, um, you know, get this out there. And, and just please bear with it. Uh, we also recorded another um, segment about, you know, just Ken, myself, and um, and, and Billy, who's uh, who helped us out. Uh, we recorded live on um, at Gallifrey, giving a sort of a uh, summary of how the show was going at that time, and uh, it's about twenty minutes, and, and that is completely <laughs> unusable. So that won't be included here, and unfortunately, it's, it's just um, perhaps you know we'll come back and do another wrap up of um, you know our feelings about the Gallifrey convention. I'm, I'm sure we will. But without further ado, I'm gonna um, we're gonna take you to the live recording. Oh, uh, we also did record other interviews at Gallifrey, which uh, I believe the sound is good on those. So those are forthcoming as well. Uh, but this is our live show that we did at Gallifrey 20, and I mean, sorry, the Gallifrey 20 is coming up uh, next February. We want to invite you all. We'll be back there, and we want to invite you all back to Gallifrey and to meet us there and for another live show there. But this is Gallifrey 19. This took place in February of 2008 this year. And um, please, uh, once again, bear with the audio problems. And, um, you know, I hope you can enjoy the show. Once again, it's um, myself, Ken Deep, Mike Durin, along with special guests, uh, Doctor Who writer Paul Cornell and um, Sean Lyon who uh, heads up the Gallifrey event along with Outpost Gallifrey, and we were delighted to have him on the show with us. So here it is. At Gallifrey for Dr. Who Podshock, and uh, it's an honor to have traveled 3,000 miles and actually have people give a damn that you're here. That's very nice. <laughs> yes. uh, first off, everybody's been extremely kind. This has been amazing. Uh, we've told the story a thousand times, how Lewis and I had a breakfast at a diner one day, and he said, we're going to do a thing called a podcast, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's good. What, you think more than 12 people will be interested in this? And uh, he said, yeah, you tr trust me on this. Back in 1985, when fandom in the United States started to reach its peak, it was newsletters and meetings and going to conventions and in 2008 now it's podcasts and it's websites and it's we've just embracing new technology and this is an extension of that and Lewis and I are as much of fans as anybody who's here at the convention we've just geeked up guys who said let's put together an internet radio show about Doctor Who and you know, like I said, we thought 12 people were going to be like, yeah, that, that's nice, you guys talk about Doctor Who, and we hear stories 
all weekend about the, the most famous stories that we hear, of course, is you get me through traffic. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the morning commute story. I've heard that a bunch of times. You know, when I'm stuck in traffic, hot shot comes in very handy. And we really like the long episodes for those things. So, thanks so much. We, we really don't have any topics planned for today. Uh, I came with zero preparation, even though I've been here since Thursday. And I, I don't want to let anybody down by actually having a notepad or a pen, and my image would be blown. Yeah, well, why would today be any exception? No, it would be, <laughs> it would be no exception to, for doing Dr. Who hot shot. We've invited various people from the convention to come up and, and, and hang out with us and talk a little bit. We're recording today uh, in front of a live audience and-, and You are live. Yeah. Which is extraordinary. So now you can go back and listen to this episode and say, I didn't just hear me cheer. Um, that was me, that was me. So uh, we've done a few live recordings on the East Coast. This is the first one on the West Coast. Is the first one at Gallifrey. After being here, we would not miss this for the world next year. This is, I mean, really, honestly, it's just, we learned a lot from being here our first time. Next year is the 20th anniversary of, of this convention, which it, right off the bat is monumental. Uh, it's a tribute to Doctor Who, it's a tribute to Doctor Who fans, it's a tribute to Sean Lyons and the, the whole crew here. And, uh, we want to make next year special. We're trying to have James come over this year. We are going to spend the next 363 days raking him over the coals that he wasn't here. Uh, whether we have to pay for his plane ticket or anything, we're going to get him over here next year. Because he has to see this, he has to be here. And if for no other reason, we need sexy James here. You know, someone to bring the love. So, uh, let's see, what do we do? Uh, we, do we do an opening well, thing? Or we... Our sound guy just, sound guy just walked away. So we're going to have some kind of opening credit thing. Yeah, we're going to officially start the show with the theme and uh, get things going. Just going to keep them One of the things we learned this year that we'd like to improve upon next year is that um, maybe next year we need to like have a table or some kind of base of operations where everyone can kind of find the two of us as opposed to us running around and saying, there's somebody with a hot shot shirt, you know, stopping in the hall. We can be uh, just a little bit, uh, you know, found a little bit easier. And also the guests can come by. And if, you've ever, if you know anything about press junkets or anything, they call it radio row or TV row where they'll just come in. If a guest comes by, they do a bunch of little talks and maybe we can do something like that next year. So those are some of the things that, that we've been talking about. There, this year, we talked about it a little bit recently, is the golden age for conventions. This is, he is. Well, I'll just shut up when he does that. Uh, it's the golden age of conventions, 2008. We're, we're back, we have, we've had the best crop of cons we could possibly ask for coming up this year. And Doctor Who in the United States is alive and well. And it's just looking great this year. And this is the first. This is like the George Washington uh, <laughs> conventions for Doctor Who. Shimmer him and make it like he's coming from another zone or something. <laughs> but, I yeah. think kind of Cassandra projecting, projecting him on the Cassandra. Well, right off the bat, let's welcome one of our regular contributors to the show. He's our Canadian correspondent, Mr. Mike Durham. <laughs> this man has been telling us that we have to be at Gallifrey for what, two, three years now? Two, no way we were going to miss this. And first off, it was just great to everybody got a chance to put faces and to the voices and things like that. 
that's been the beauty of, of this. It's everybody, everybody's here. Yeah. It's very weird walking around the convention hall and not being recognized by your face, but by your voice. So, especially if Ken and I are talking and people walking by, oh, I hear a podcast in our ear. <laughs> I still find it a little weird talking to voices person. It doesn't sound right, but it's not coming through headphones. And then everybody, you know, everybody gives you that, that look, sort of like, hey, I recognize your voice. And you're... You look nothing like yeah, I imagined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly a disappointing, you know, everybody's been great. It, it's been very kind. The, the podcast, the, the, the show is all about everybody that's here, everybody that listens. We, we were talking already, just from the weekend feedback that we've received, people say, we like this about the live show, we want this in the studio show. We've taken every bit of it. Like, okay, well, you know, what do we, we were at dinner, and it would be like, well, they, everybody's been saying they like this or they want to do this. First, let me encourage some contributions. Everybody who's here this weekend that would like to email a, an MP3 or various digital audio format, whatever you think you're using, a report from the convention, your experience, your individual experience at the con, we're an all-inclusive show. Every single person in here has had a different experience this weekend. They're gonna tell a story that I didn't hear. Maybe they'll tell a story I have heard. Maybe they'll tell a story about last night at several parties that have gone on here that I might not remember. Um, but it's, just, it's, a, it's an all-inclusive podcast. It's international in that we have people from all around the world and it has every single person can contribute in one way or another, be it email, be it an, uh, an audio report, Every single person, it, this is the community of Doctor Who fans. It's it's wonderful. Everybody used to talk about how great the Star Trek community was, or this community, or that community. They all have wonderful things. Everybody's brought something to the table. The Doctor Who fans are extremely unique in in the in the open mindedness and the welcoming nature. I mean, the whole weekend it's just been. Has anybody had a negative experience here? I mean, no way. It's a tribute to the organizers and a tribute to the fans. There've been people waiting. I couldn't believe we waited online for the dealer's room. Who <laughs> waits online to get into a dealer's room? And everybody's like, yeah, man, we're going to the dealer's room. That was brilliant. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry, I'm eating up your time, Liz. Just baby, any different. No, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, I do, you know, everyone gave us a warm welcome to Gallifrey uh, 2008, uh, the 19th Amendment. Great, thank you. So uh, I just want to reciprocate with uh, welcoming everyone who's here, maybe for the first time, to Gallifrey, and it's a pleasure being here ourselves, and um, anyone that's um, maybe might be here for the first time listening to Dr. Contract that might not be a regular listener, if you're interested, you can subscribe easily just going through iTunes and just uh, looking up Podshop. It's uh, Podshop, as in Earthshop. And um, well, now that we've taken all the time we're talking about how great it is to be here, Sean Lyon is supposed to join us a little later on today to talk about Gallifrey 20, get us maybe a little sneak peek at what he has in mind. We also have with us, waiting in the wings, Mr. Paul, Paul Cornell. Yay! Please talk to me, Paul. Paul was the first person that we ever heard rumors of that actually listened to the show that was somehow involved for real in Doctor Who. And, and we just said, oh, thank God we didn't say anything bad about that episode. I'll have to switch on the mic this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. I'm a huge fan of Pod Shock. I'm only sorry James isn't here. It's so disappointing. James, you're listening? <laughs> I have to say, Kev. I imagine that you would have a big bushy beard and, <laughs> and be about 10 years older. Uh, and, and I thought you were going to be Asian, what can I say? <laughs> I, 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 I think it's really good that I can be on audio this morning. Um, this time in the morning at a Gallifrey convention, audio is my ideal medium, really. <laughs> yes, and, and it's very good that there may not be a lot of video going around. Yeah. So, uh, first off, you gave us a sort of like an instant credibility when we first found out that, that you were listening and then we had to do with you and then even this weekend. When 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 you're around us, when you're talking and we, you know we're sitting here just talking about the show and stuff, it, it suddenly changed from being two guys hoping somebody would like talking about Doctor Who on the radio or something 
do like full-fledged, yeah, this is something that you know can work, that people would want to. This is our not worthy speech. <laughs> oh, please, please don't don't debase yourselves. Um, I am. Um, I, I love podcasting as uh, as a medium. I love several other podcasts. I like the in comics. I like the um, iFanboy podcast. I used to love the Week in Weedon. It's just a shame that they haven't made one for about a year now. Um, and I, I sit there at lunch with my pasty. Uh, having, you know, done a bit of writing in the morning, and I listen to a podcast, and it, it's, it's often you. Well, you know, we first off, we always embrace all the Doctor Who podcasts and all of the science fiction podcasts. It's, it's brand new technology. We were just lucky enough to be one of the first. There's so many great ones out there. Everybody contributes to something different. That's the beautiful thing. So what's been the highlight for you this weekend? What panels have you been into? What, what Hanging out with Paul Cornell. Really cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, rub your shoulders with you. Uh, <laughs> I can rub your shoulders if you want. <laughs> well, um, actually, it's been a, everything's been really good. I mean, I know that sounds like a cop-out. You know, I love all the doctors. It's all one of our favorites. Yeah. And, um, but, but what I really like is some of the surprises, like uh, Moffat joining panels randomly is not supposed to be on. Uh, <laughs> there are good surprises, there are bad surprises. I would put it in context that he's my, my oldest friend, in many ways my best friend, so we do nudge each other a bit. Sometimes when that's in an international broadcast medium, I have to actually explain that. Um, the, well, uh, without sounding pampering, I would have to say just a minute. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. And for those that don't know, Paul Cornell in, as a um, halftime entertainment feature during the, the costume masquerade. Masquerade, yes. So uh, during that, the judges were out judging to see who was going to win the best costume. And while well, there were various costume awards, uh, Paul Cornell brought up let's see, do you have to be the third person? I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Can we kiss Paul Cornell now? <laughs> There's a line for me here. <laughs> Sorry, you go on. So yeah, so you had uh, various people here, you Stephen Moffat, you had um, Sophie Aldridge, James Moran, and Rob Shearer. Yeah. I mean, we played the um, old Radio 4 radio panel game just a minute, which was hosted in, on Radio 4 in Britain by Nicholas Parsons. And um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a really easy quiz to organize, and it gets... It, it shows up, particularly actors, really well. So, what Colin Baker wiped the floor with all coming the year before. Well, just to uh, refresh, well, to let our US listeners know that, or anyone that's not familiar with the show, because we're a worldwide podcast, and um, fill them in as far as what they need to do. And by the way, if I was a contestant, I could never, if you listen to our podcast, I would never succeed because of my ums and ahs. But here, you, you have to, uh, you basically pose a question, and for 60 seconds, the contestant needs to speak or answer that question without repeating themselves, without any ahs or ums or hesitations. They just have to ramble. Yeah. Rob Shimon is really good at the rambling. I mean, he gets, he gets, I think you'd be quite good at this, Ken. Yes. Because, <laughs> because Ken rants. Yeah, Ken rants. What are your angry rants? <laughs> and I, oh, I love angry rants on my behalf. That always makes me think, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but uh, Rob went off on a couple of angry rants, <laughs> which, which were very entertaining. And the whole, the whole program on Friday night, between the, the masquerade and your game show, it was just a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, you know, you, you think you've seen it all in a costume contest, you know, because it's just... Well, sometimes you do yeah. see it all in a costume contest. <laughs> uh, but just the flair that everybody had that night, and, and some of the little skits they were doing, and, you know, it was just a lot of fun, and you guys came out, and, and the laughs that just, that come, that's old-time convention. That's what I loved about it. Uh, it's just, as I was saying about surprises, uh, we had a comics panel, and we actually had eight people in the audience, because we were all at the same time as Sylvester, so it's only understandable. But um, we had Mark Wayne, the great comics writer, just show up and come onto the panel with us. Um, yeah, people, people coming in and out from the industry, this being LA, it's, it's terrific. And, oh, I, I love um, doing the live DVD commentaries. Uh, Moffitt's was hilarious for Blink. I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed doing my, my two-parter. And just the, the packedness of the audience. Standing room only. Everyone that, 
everyone that had, I spoke to that had seen it had nothing but great things to say about it. And this is James Moran, a lovely man. It's the first time I've met him this weekend. What a wonderful guy. You know what, maybe taking it up a level for next year is that the audience can interact with you as well. I mean, to the point where there's, you know, like a question and answer thing. Well, I did, I did get that going in mind, actually. We had, had all these shout outs and questions as we went, maybe because I ran out of. Um, Inspiration was just staring at the screen. I was like Philip Finchcliffe in a DVD commentary going, Yes, that's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. And you need Jack Kilby. Yeah, I noticed I like the Blake 7 commentary to get a lot of, Oh, that was very good. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> I don't quite remember that. <laughs> yeah. On the Blake 7 commentaries, they're insisting, Oh, that was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how do you not do a podcast? Was there, you have a great voice. You, know, you seem like a guy who's always ready to chat. Yeah, you seem to know a thing or two about that, too. Well, what? James isn't here. Maybe, um, are you, are you free on Sundays when we're recording? <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that his voice has got steadily fruitier and fruitier. <laughs> because he was from Birmingham originally, but now he's from the county of Toppingham. <laughs> Is Lord Flashheart. <laughs> is that a canoe in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the first things Paul asked when, when we got to Los Angeles was, does he really have groupies? And I had to explain to him, yes, he does not make it up. He, he, uh, he has a few. Is that one of the teenage girls sobbing in the hallway? <laughs> and when, you know, writers now all of a sudden have groupies, I've noticed that. Excuse me, Paul works here. I mean, you have like a whole entourage. 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 It's not such an entourage. We hang out as a gang. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when we're here, we're kind of. Um, I think it's really important that we we are actually here for the audience. We're sort of we're there in the bar, and we want to talk. I'm sorry. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> We're there in the bar, we want to talk to people, we want to have people come up and say hi. And it's lovely, there's, sort of, there's no barrier between the audience and, and the, the people who work on the show. That's probably the most noticeable thing about this convention in particular, is that it's extremely accessible. There are plenty of people who can walk right up to and say, hello, great to meet you, I have a question, you know, that kind of thing. There isn't this whole, oh, I have to wait for them to get on stage or something to yeah. finally see them. I, I, I attended a few of the Star Wars celebrations a few years ago, and it was a cattle pen. 35,000 people there, they went by Disneyland, with, you know. You, well, it's you know, because this convention is exactly the right size, and the audience are, are sort of so, so cool and courteous. You know, you, you, you don't have to put a barrier up because everybody is, is just really well managed. Yeah, they just get it. Yeah, they get it. They get it that everybody's here as a community. You know, it, it's almost like as if you were doing a fun business convention. There isn't a barrier there, there's a whole lot of hey, you know what I know, and let's trade secrets. And, and the lovely thing is, people like Big Finish, um, when, when I used to come out here as a Big Finish writer, and sort of, uh, as, as a fan, without having made the kind of leap to the TV show, um, I've been doing this for 11 years now, so I'm kind of local boy made good here. <laughs> um, but the way we used to, in Britain, Doctor Who fandom back from the day was very um, backbiting and incestuous, and, and there's an evolutionary process of nasty. Doctor Who fans in Britain, we tell things short from, you know, that's in the 15 year gap between the show and the new show, that actually was where a lot of the creativity came from a real boiling pit of people fighting each other. And yeah, in a lot of ways, that was great, but we have to come out here and be exposed to this wonderful laid back West Coast courtesy and just work out business and sort of deal with stuff and talk to each other. That was really a wonderful space back then. That, that, that feeling continued. Do you think the gap between the end of the classic series and let's just say the Russell T. Davies era, I'm just going to leave the, the TV movie as this thing floating out here. Do you think that, that absence of Doctor Who changed the fandom at all? Yeah. Do you notice it? Yeah. I, I think um, the 15 years with this tremendous period of fan creativity and it's sort of all the ideas which went into the new show, that's where they came from, that, that boiling pot of, of, of new stuff. Do you think Russell distilled these things he's hearing from writers and fans? I think there's some of that. I mean, I think in many ways the new series is the new adventures by other means. But because um, a lot of the ideas were, were had there. But I think in the end, Russell simply won that game. 
you know, he had the best ideas. He got the best TV career because he's a genius. And uh, he won the game. He, he brought Doctor Who back by its bootstraps um, out of that tremendous process of ferment. If it wasn't Russell T. Davies, would there be anybody else who would have thought would have accomplished this? Everybody was trying at once. Um, Gareth Roberts and Mark Gatiss had a pitch in, I had a pitch in, uh, I think Moffat had a pitch in at one point. We, everybody who just got into television, who got to a certain level, in my case far, far too early, had a try. And, and the people I was talking to said, no, of course not, who are you? And, um, you know, it's... Uh, I so the one rock star emerges yeah. out of the pack and says, well, if you want it, this is the way it's it, it was because Russell had got so huge in British television that actually they couldn't say no to him. That's what it took. But, and on the bright side, he's brought in all of those other people to be a part of the story. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but only someone like Russell could pull that off. Because again, they weren't going to say no. And he said, I know the writers who can pull this off. I know the people that I need to pull this thing off. Unfortunately, he chose me instead, but there we are. <laughs> well, first off, uh, if, if there's anybody who has a question or something they want to say, a comment, please yeah, have a mic up for a microphone, and you're, you're more than welcome to participate. That's the way it is on the show, except that it's by a phone or by Skype or some technical means, but this time it's actually face-to-face, -face, which is wonderful. I just ask, because we're limited to the hour, just to keep it brief, please. Well, uh, first up, we have uh, Jay, also known as Far, no, Bear yeah. Fork. <laughs> Every time you move. Um, first of all, I'd like to say being part of Podshock is like joining a very brownie troop, so. <laughs> but I um, had a question uh, for actually for the entire panel, mainly for Mr. Cornell. Um, the other day during the Karen feeding panel, um, an interesting question got brought up about multi doctor stories. And um, Steve Moffat actually had an interesting comment saying that Paul McGann uh, has never been accepted as a doctor in Britain. And it kind of said that. But um, my first question is do you think a multi doctor story could ever work, or is Time Crash really the last word on it? And two, do you think Paul McGann could ever make a successful return to television as the doctor? Um, well, it's, I, I think. I think Moffat hit it on the head by saying, firstly, that all of the good stuff you get out of multi-doctor stories is done in time crash in eight minutes. Many could have been done uh, once definitively in the three doctors very well, and everything since has been really a repeat of that. Um, in terms of Paul McGann, what Stephen meant, I think, this is what I make a cover of, yeah, what Stephen really meant, <laughs> we're sorry about your village. Um, but, um, I'm good for. Um, but, uh, what he meant was that even though you know Russell, Russell has never had a thought in his mind about canonicity, whatever that may be. What he means is that the British public simply don't remember that Paul McGann was Doctor Who, and if they don't, then coming back as that would mean basically introducing a new character, which gives you even more screen time devoted to who might that be, what's he like. We have to explain him. They remember Peter Davison, so he can just walk straight in, he's the doctor, there he is, pow, 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 eight minutes. I think that's, that's all, all we're talking about, really. And, yeah, I mean, Paul McGann's still got a big career in Britain. It's just, you know, he'll, he'll get a big starring role next year, and off he'll go. But it's, it, he would have to be reintroduced to the doctor, etc. Well, we noticed in a little story called Human Nature that was um, televised in the last series of Doctor Who, there's a certain um, notebook, a notebook of impossible things, and in it, um, there's some faces of previous doctors, and the most prominent one. Um, is, um, I, I was amazed at the fuss about that, because it never occurred to any of us that Paul McGann might have been written out of this. Yeah, well, that's the same thing that's how we feel, because we feel that Paul McGann, you know, is the eighth doctor, and I think besides the TV movie, the big finished audio dramas really established him as the doctor. He's done so many, and he really filled that gap when there was no new doctor who. This was new, I mean, it wasn't where the other doctors, the other actors are sort of recreating their own roles that we've seen already. Paul McGann was not recreating the roles, he was just progressing his uh, character of the doctor that they were introduced to in 1996. Had he done more, maybe there'd be more remembrance of him. Yeah. yeah. It was 90 minutes, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. It just, I don't think it made a lot of that effect. Yeah. 
I mean, perhaps if we would made a better impression, let's say, you know, they, they made a pretty good impression, 10 million viewers, but, you know, just, it was 90 minutes a long time yeah. ago. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about the accessibility of, the, of everybody to the fans. And it's so true because I, I was like shocked last night. You had Sylvester McCoy and Dashney Ashford just sitting in the lobby, and people were just talking, sitting around them. And we were just talking like we were friends. I had this long political conversation with Daphne, you know, about the elections and everything like that. And it was just, just wonderful. It was just like friends sitting together and, and, and just chatting. And I think that's wonderful. Stephen Moffat's been in the hallway all the time just talking to fans. I see Paul, Paul Brown in the hallway too. Yeah. <laughs> but not always when I'm there. It's just like they're really enjoying just being around me. Yes, I, I agree 100%. And, and, and I'm, the reason why we're saying this so much is this year has set the attendance record for Gallifrey. And my bet is for Gallifrey 20. And that record is going to be crushed. It's, it's lovely, just as you say, the way you can just sit down beside Sylvester in the bar and have a chat. And Sylvester's a wonderfully accessible and lovely man. I loved it when he came on stage and in the opening ceremonies and didn't just sort of get on stage off the plane and wave to everybody and say, hello, hi, I had a wonderful time this weekend. But he's a bit of comedy business. Got on the stage, went straight into the TARDIS, did the did the physical comedy so good at it? It's just lovely to see the work. And you know, I mean, you know, after the travel, it's probably exhausted, but it doesn't matter. It's about the show, it's about the fun, it's about being here. Uh, good morning, Josh. My name is Benjamin Elliott. Got to, I've been enjoying the Podshock show, and I have a question for Podshock people. Mm -hmm. uh, I know with the live shows, it seems like it's pretty much you do everything you do one show and then you just edit a little bit in. For these studio shows, how long does it usually take the one together? How do you put the show together? It takes far too long. <laughs> what, what happens is that um, what I basically do is once a show, once we record the studio show, then I take it and just it goes into post-production and without getting too technical, uh, the audio is cleaned up as best as possible. Feedback is inserted. When we're uh, doing feedback or just playing the feedback, over there, uh, as we do it via the internet, because James is obviously in the UK, and um, so we can't really use that audio, so I put, I put a more clean audio track in there, add the music and, and promos and whatnot. So for a typical uh, hour and a half show, you're, it's like six hours of post-production of just getting that out of the door and then getting it out in the feeds and doing the cover artwork. And also we do an enhanced podcast, and that will have chapter stops and pictures as well, so you can see what we're talking about. And it doesn't seem like it should take that long, but it all adds up. And then just picking up some of the audio. I'm part of the worst of the world because I'm, you know, picking up all my uhs and ums and, you know, and that can just take a day in itself. Chaps, do you mind if I pop off? I want to catch the end of the James oh, Moran. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you very much. Thank you so much for stopping by. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Paul Cornell. Let's hear it for Paul Cornell. Oh, we're halfway through. Wow. Time goes by. We, we always start a, a program by saying, you know, let's keep this to 30 minutes. And then two hours and 30 minutes goes by. Because as passionate fans, you just start talking about the thing you love and opinion and ideas and throwing things around and hearing feedback from other people. Like, wow, I never thought of it that way. That sounds great. That's a hard shot brand. Yeah. When, I, I know when we just you know began, we were thinking, oh, it's going to be a half-hour show. And then... <laughs> the, the very first one, I, I, we were sitting in uh, Lewis's office. The first episode was recorded at Lewis's office. And I said, what the hell are we going to talk about for half an hour? After that, it was two hours, three hours later. Ladies and gentlemen, the man behind the Gallifrey Conventions for the last 19 years. He started it when he was three. Mr. Sean Oh, I'm going to sit with my hat. It's like the David Letterman show. It's the couch of reasonable comfort. No, it's comfy, actually. It's very nice. I might fall asleep on this couch right now. <laughs>
First off, thank you so much yes. for doing Gallifrey for the last 19 yes. years. Absolutely. Thank you for setting up Gallifrey 20. Thank you for setting up Gallifrey 21. <laughs> Let, let's take the point step at a time, okay? <laughs> Apparently you've been peer pressured into... Well, there's, yeah, there's, when you, when you have an experience like this where you have a thousand people join you at a hotel, it's, it's kind of hard to say, well, we're going to wrap this up a little bit, and it just keeps going and going, and every year it's like, well, maybe you want a couple more years, then a couple more years after that. All weekend, stellar reviews across the board, everybody having a great time, no negativity, no, oh man, I, I, you know, I, this didn't work out the way it was supposed to, the, the, the planning behind this smooth, flawless, the rooms accessible, the guests accessible. Just amazing, I really It's, it's such a complex event. It's a complex show and it's run by volunteers. It's for fans, by fans, it's, it's incredible. And kudos to you and everyone that's volunteering that it goes out without a hitch. Well, there's, there's about 50 some odd people here, including some of our longtime volunteers that actually put this together. I mean, we, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that I think a lot of people don't understand or they never get to meet. You know, they're stuck in rooms that are running our green room or our registration desk or whatnot. So um, it's, a, it's definitely for better. The attitudes have been top notch. And every, you know, just working with everyone, everyone's been very friendly. And even if they're expressing it, yeah. Which you don't see at a volunteer convention. Sometimes there's a lot of people who just, you know, they, they have some kind of thing they're going to pick out on you. Yeah. Well, after 19 years, you know, you've had 19 chances to get it right. I think <laughs> once or twice we've gotten it right. What do you enjoy most about the convention? What do you enjoy about doing it? Um, I think the best thing about it is just seeing everybody year after year, the people that you, you start seeing the same faces year after year. And it's, um, we have this saying that once you're, once you're at Gallifrey, you're kind of hooked and you don't have a choice to just come back every year. And I think the best parts are when I'm stuck in the hallway and people say, this is my first time and I've already signed up for next year. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a question of getting somebody's money to come back next year. It's a question of people enjoying it so much that they want to be here. They've made a commitment a year exactly. in advance. Exactly. Um, yes, I have to. And there's a lot of people that, that feel the same way. And we've been converted. I think the other thing is, um, you know, yesterday we, we, we had some really good news in so far as our membership call. Um, I'm sorry, who was it that first told you you were going to break a thousand? It was you, actually. Kevin. You're like, yeah, I think so. Um, he said it's never going to happen. I said, you want that. Well, you know, you don't think after um, 19 years, you don't think that this is going to happen, especially when you've been counting on it and hoping. I'm thinking, where were they 19 years ago? But, um, but uh, you know, 808 was our last year's count, and as of last night, we were we over 1,000 at this Which, from what I'm told from um, Dirk Henley and Paul Jones at Planet, Planet, um, yeah. is probably the second largest Doctor Who convention held nowadays. Um, not on the anniversary convention, was about 1,400. But he said they don't get conventions of this size in the UK anymore. Um, which I think is rather impressive for us. Um, but you know, the other thing I enjoyed most of all yesterday was we had a wedding here, and yeah. just seeing 200 people cramming into a little tiny room for a wedding, it was just amazing. So, so someone said, let's, let's tie the knot at the convention. Exactly. Is, that, is that important? Is that special for them? Well, and they're part of our um, discussion forum that we have online, um, the Dr. Who forum. And these are two people that have been through a lot together, and they really wanted to celebrate with friends, and they thought, well, let's celebrate with friends we know are coming into town, and what a, what a good time to do it. And of course, the minute they mentioned it, we're like, absolutely. And it's got to be uh, a tribute to, the, to you and to the convention that so many guests return, sometimes without much pride. Right. Do you want to come back every year and be here and be a part of the scene, be a part of the community? Yeah, well, we have guests that have been with, you know, guests from the UK that have been with us. 10, 11, 12 times. Uh, I'm thinking three in particular would be Paul Cornell, uh, Keith Topping, and Gary Russell, who've basically been fixtures of this convention since about 1996, 1997, um, and have been here just about every year. I think Keith Topping and Paul Cornell have been here every year since 97. Next year is your five doctors of conventions, your 20th anniversary. Don't give people so tough, please. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Can you give us any preview of what next year might be like? Well, I will say a couple of things. Number one is that we recognize that we have finally gotten to the point where 
we probably will begin to see the availability of people from the new series, Whoa. major celebrities from the new show. Um, we haven't been able to do that in the past. We have had one person, Noel Clark, um, because of course he was not under contract because he was a, a guest player. Um, there are possibilities in that respect. We also have the fact that, to everyone's complete astonishment, the big hit in this country has been Portugal for BBC America. It's their highest rated show. So if you were potentially counting on possibly a guest from the new show and possibly a guest from Torchwood, you wouldn't be that far off for next year. Um, the other aspect is that um, I have a, I've had a wish list of guests over the years and I've managed to cross off everyone except for one person that we ha haven't had. Um, I'm not gonna say any names, but I'm desperately trying to make sure that we can complete that cycle and get her out next year. Um, from the classic series, but uh, you know, it's it's um it's Sunday morning, and I'm gonna give it a few days before I start working on next year. <laughs> Might take a little 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 breather after this, eh? Yeah, like maybe the spring or the summer, and then we'll get back into it in the fall. How long does it take for you to start setting up for the, the, the coming year? Like how how much time? We we do guest invitations, um, really starting about this time, um, but really no other. Nothing else except for basically taking memberships until probably September, October is when we first start working on it. Um, but a lot of the people that are working on the convention have been doing it for so long that they really don't need prep. We have a couple of local conventions that we do pretty much after Thanksgiving weekend, which is our big local convention here in Boston. After that is when a lot of them will start working on the convention. Uh, anyone out there have any questions? This is your golden opportunity to have a question about the convention or just something that you wanted to say about the con. Sean is here with us for a little while. The the convention experience, as it as it's come to be known as now, has changed from back in the Spirit of Light days and even some of the other companies that have come and gone over the years. When you decided you were going to do your own convention, and then over 19 years you say fine tune it and tweak it, has, has there been anything you haven't pulled off yet? Anything you say, you know? There's one thing that we've always wanted to do at a convention, we should never did it. We're over a thousand people, so that was a quite a thing. Um, no, like I said, we have one guest. Um, we've actually, we were, we were looking at it, we've actually had every single on-air major actor from the series, from Life of Crazy and Annika Wills, all the way through Daphne Ashbrook and Eric Roberts, uh, except for one doctor and one companion. The doctor being Tom Baker, um, and you will not see him again in the United States. He will not travel abroad anymore. Um, and one companion actress, Lava Lord. Um And she's basically, like I said, the last person on my list of people that I want to bring over here as well. But before I take a few questions, I just want to, it would be, I want to just get your take on, on the loss of Diary Lambert this year. I don't want to bring me up to down, but I had to get a few words from you, especially someone who's so involved in, over the years with the, with the convention, with the show. Barry was supposed to be here two years ago and um, was unable to do it because she had a uh, production schedule. We spoke to her last, I believe it was about a year and a half ago, and at that point she said, it's not very likely that I'll be able to do a lot of traveling uh, in the foreseeable future. It was a huge shock when she passed away. I don't think anybody was expecting it. Um, and I talk about a person whose impact can be felt throughout the entire convention. Even people who are not familiar with the new series um, are beginning to realize what sort of impact that she made. And um, I have to say, I would have been incredibly disappointed at the end of Voyage of the Dam if something had not been, um, um, something had not, some sort of attribution had not been made. And the, 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 the caption at the very end of the special, um, and remember, you know, very Lambert OB, I just, it was very touching. It was very interesting. Go ahead, we have our first comment slash question. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to say that in terms of the con experience, one of the great things I love about Gallifrey is that over the years, the, the group of people have been organizing it, they're willing to you know, be innovative about how they deal with the program. That there are aspects that have stayed the same and then aspects that have been new. And it's a great experience that you come and you see something on the schedule that, wow, I didn't think that would be possible. Or it, like for instance, this year we had the, the live commentaries and the, the space exploration tracks that were new. In the old days, when we were out of production, we had Valon 5 guests, we had Big Finish guests, and we still have Big Finish guests every year. The writer's panels are my favorite part of the con. And so I'm just sort of wondering, Sean, what have you got up your sleeve, or what do you think about you know, these new ideas and what might come in the future? 
we're incredibly receptive to new ideas. And, and just to give you an example, um, there is one thing that I've been very unhappy with this convention, and that is the fact that we underestimated the interest people would have in uh, Stephen Moffat's Blink commentary and Paul Cornell's commentary on human nature. They were put in rooms at various times that I did not think, based on previous years, that we would have this, um, the, the interest that we had. I mean, Mr. Moffat's commentary, literally, I think there were 300 people watching, and that room sits about 150 people. Um, that will not happen again. If that happens here at our convention next year with him doing commentary, it'll happen in this main ballroom. Um, so, believe me, anything that people complain about is something that we definitely address. We don't get a lot of complaints, but the people who actually bring us ideas or suggestions to change things in the future, uh, we definitely listen to them. Yeah, I don't think anybody really has complaints. I think they have suggestions to improve because they know that it's being listened to. This is not a cookie cutter convention that you know, gets pumped out. This is something that people feel very passionate about, the people who organize it and the people who attend it. Um, my name is Joan, I go by and I'm glad you're here to hear this. Um, my partner came along with me just so we could have a weekend away from Dallas, and she brought her laptop and she brought stuff from work. She's kind of like a fan spouse. She's kind of into the program, but not so much. She has a um, And after we, the first thing we went to was the Q&A with Sophie and Sylvester. And she came, came out of the room and she's like glowing. She's like, these are really neat people. This is really cool. We're signing up for next year, aren't we? And this is the paralegal who was like, oh no, I gotta get this for the lawyer. And she was just like overwhelmed. She said, I feel like I'm at home. So congratulations, y'all. You know, I tell you, um, we've had Peter Davis and Colin Baker and Celeste McCoy have all done this show repeatedly, several times each. They are absolutely three of the most down-to-earth, nicest people you could ever possibly hope to meet. Uh, you would think these are these are celebrity guests, stars of, a, of a, an internationally known show. Definitely not jaded. And I think that's true about pretty much everybody who's appeared in Doctor Who. They're actually genuinely nice people that, that really enjoy it. They don't necessarily come to these conventions to make money. They come because they enjoy the people here. You know, after a certain point, that's, that's really all you can do is um, is, is meet people and enjoy the, the time that you spend with them. And, and I think they really do. Uh, and we've wanted to bring Sophie here with Semester for 12 years, and thankfully it worked out. So, Benjamin Elliott says, I'm, I'm talking with Benjamin Elliott. I, I know Benjamin well, actually. Yes, yes, so, yes uh, uh, you know, this is my second time here. Again, my spouse actually was drive get back this year because she had a really good time here as well last year. And I was curious, for those of us, especially those of us who dragged our feet such over the years before we finally made it the first time, uh, the first 18 conventions, what was really your favorite experience? What was the thing that really worked out the best? Just, I suppose, what did we miss? There are a couple of moments, I think, that really crystallize um, Gallifrey. Uh, I think my favorite moment of all time is uh, back at our 12th convention, we had Bonnie Langford um, for the first time over in, I think, 15 years that she's been here. She did a one-woman performance um, for show that she brought over from the UK and did it on our stage. Um, and that was just electrifying. It was a three-hour performance that uh, just completely kept everybody in the room until midnight. There he remembers that. Absolutely. Um, the other thing was we had a, a play last year called um, The Ten Doctors by the Osage Theater Company. And um, we, they believed that the show would go on about 90 minutes, maybe a little bit less. Um, I think it was three and a half hours it finally ended at, um, through one hotel fire alarm that cleared the room halfway before we told everybody to sit back down. Um, things like that, you know, special events that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. Um, there are moments like that that are wonderful. Would the wedding count this year? The wedding is definitely something, again, that would count as a very unique experience. And by the way, Benjamin does a, uh, an awesome emailing, uh, a, a thing called This Week in Doctor Who, it is the cumulative, definitive uh, listing of Doctor Who anywhere. If you, there's a, a station showing it or some way it's being broadcast in one form or another, that's the place to And if you want to talk about many, there are so many people commit to and, and contribute to the Doctor Who experience. Um, Benjamin's been doing this for years this week in Doctor Who, and I can't tell you probably how many people whose television habits have been impacted because they had no idea that it was on. I get questions all the time. 
um, running the, the document news page about when is it on, when is it on, and it's great to have that sort of resource. So, um, Benjamin, you made a great contribution. I hope you Thank you. You know, also, you, your page is the Outpost Gallifrey, you know, the Gall Gallifrey one, Outpost Gallifrey, the, 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 uh, the website. Over the years, the document forms, you've had so many different people concentrate on one particular area. That's just one single facet. And then he is the, is the man who puts that together, but there are so many other people who bring something that is very unique and they feel very passionate about getting the word out. You know, there's every time somebody says you do a good job, you do a good job. You know, there are hundreds of people out there doing tremendous doing great, sorry, I lost my mic there, doing a, a tremendous amount of work for Doctor Who fandom. There are, I think we have 21 people who contribute to the news page um, on a daily basis. These are people who are going out of their way to bring news stories to people. You know, you have to, you have to give credit to everybody. We're in a ballroom here um, at the Marriott Hotel, and we have a gentleman by the name of Charlie Hoff. Uh, Charlie, actually leave the room? He's yeah. Our, our tech director. He was. I think he was here for 16, 17 hours yesterday. I mean, that's the sort of dedication that people have towards, you know, the, the, the experience that they get, the he convention or on the web or wherever. He has one of the best seats in the house now. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe in Hi. Uh, I'm Alex Cameron. I've just come over here from New York. This is my first gallery. And I've got a couple of shout-outs. One is from Taras Natashin from New York, pod shopper and member of Doctor in New York. He couldn't be here, but he said hi. Oh, and uh, a shout out to Sean just to say thanks for such a fantastic gallery. You're welcome. And just all, as people, people have been saying earlier, just all the connections that people have been able to make and all the, all the egalitarianism of it all, the fact that you've been able to just, as people were saying earlier, just sit with stars and chat. Well, I think that's the, the best thing about Doctor Who fandom is people have this one interest, but they make so many friends that they have, you know, interests across the gamut with all the different things that they end up becoming friends for. And I think that's the great thing about Doctor Who fandom. Doctor Who fans in this country and abroad are, are great people. Yeah. Some people go and they are in a bowling league, or some people shoot pool. Who's Doctor Who? You know, that's that's what we do. That's all common bond. And Paul's listening, he might just be interested to know that uh, his wife, Caroline Kukox, and yeah, I have one thing no in common. We were both ex-presidents yeah. of the Oxford University Doctor Who Society. <laughs> so, my question to Sean, what inspired you to create Gallifrey in the first place? Well, I, Gallifrey was actually created by our chairman, Robbie Bourget. Um, she had wanted to do a Doctor Who convention back in um, Ottawa, where she lived, for many years, and then she moved down to Los Angeles and wanted to bring it here. It didn't happen for a while, but um, then in 1990, basically, she brought a group together, myself included, and uh, the rest is history. But Robbie, Robbie is the, 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 the person behind the scenes that um, we try to make sure everybody knows about. This woman has personally financed our convention. Um, she is the, the inspiration, the guidance, the leadership, and, and the rock behind everything. Um, I'm just a pretty basic friend. <laughs> I have to say, meeting Robbie was uh, one of the highlights of the first time I came out. Because Robbie was the founder of the Doctor Who Club. I joined in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. We both lived in Quebec. Back when I was 10 years old, and she left, I think, before I joined the club, then she came out to Los Angeles. Right. People, people don't understand this about Robbie. She's, she's kind of a gruff person to get to know. Um, you look at her and you think she's got a scowl on her face. She's one of those old-time fans that, that doesn't believe in overcharging people for where they sit in the room. Um, she's very much a, a fan fan of the person. Exactly. Um, this, this is a woman who the only pleasure she derives from this convention is um, seeing everybody show up year after year and, and seeing the smiling faces. I mean, if honestly, if if we lost money and we did our year, we lost over fifteen thousand dollars, and she didn't care. She, all she cared about was making sure that people had a good time, and she would have taken the hit. So there aren't very many people in the world like Robbie Borchette. Let me tell you, that she's a gem. Yes, my name is Bill Watson. Hi, Bill. Hi, Sean. I've known Bill for 25 years. Yeah, I've been um, part of Galley since the beginning. The beginning. 
I've been with every convention, working it, and I have to say, just a personal standpoint, this has been one of the great joys of my life. I met my wife here at Galley 7. Um, I can't even count the number of people who have said that they got together as a result of this convention. We're really glad to know it's going to go on beyond 20. Absolutely. So. Bill is one of the first people I met in Dr. Defendant back in um, the mid-80s. And he's been involved. He was actually involved in the government of our local club, the time that was in Los Angeles back then. And um, was, was there at the first convention. And, and is one of the few that have actually been to all my teachers um, working in some capacity. You know what's amazing coming out here, the most difficult thing, and I'm, maybe I'm projecting for Lewis as well as myself, is that there's such history with everybody that's here. We were East Coast guys, so we know the history of some of the conventions on the East Coast. There's the whole West Coast thing going on out here, plus this convention, all these things. There's so many faces that are staples that we've read about over the years. So just as much as people are saying, oh, those are the guys who do the podcast, there's so many people who we've heard about, authors, writers, people involved in the fandom over the years, People who've been running, you know, newsletters and things like that. It, it just—it's amazing to put faces, and, and I just really—I'm um, I'm blown away by them. I just so humbled to meet everybody. And the, the fun thing is, you know, we this was all started before the days of the internet when it wasn't instantaneous. We had a really good relationship with um, the Friends of Doctor Who, which was the national club um, run by David Blaze back in the early 1990s. Um, and actually, one of our biggest supporters at the time was a, a guy who also made some terrific contributions to Dr. Buchanan named Tom Beck, um, who for, I think Tom came to the first 10 or 12 Gallifreys and hasn't been able to make it uh, every so often. I think he was here last year. A Jersey guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we also got some great support when um, Paul Cornell, Gary Russell, um, and David McEntee, Keith Topping went back and told all of their friends and people started coming over and then Kate Foreman and Jonathan Blum came here, started telling their friends and all sorts of people started coming in. It was all word of mouth. You know, I mean, regardless of the internet, it's actually the people who have come here have brought with them their friends and that's how we've kind of grown and prospered. Well, Gallifrey has now, this convention has its own brand name of quality and anyone that's connected with the show knows that and, um, you know, it just like our conversations in the past with people connected to the show, from Colin Baker onwards, you know, you mentioned the Gallifrey Convention, they know it's a stable quality and they know what to expect and so it's like a brand to trust and uh, I think they will all enjoy coming here. You never have to put the new and improved label on it. People just buy the tried and true Gallifrey, don't they? That's good. I'm really glad for that. Well, it's awesome. Thanks so much again for, for many years and, and, and we wish you many, many more years. We will be here. We are now drinking. One too many minis there. <laughs> for me, but that's cool. We're, we're drinking the Gallifrey Kool-Aid now. And it's amazing. And thank you so much for for hooking up with us and, and making, you know, lending uh, Outpost Gallifrey and, and, and putting Outpost Gallifrey and Podshock together. Having a vision to put the two together. It's really it's helped us out a lot. We hope we've helped you out. Well, I just want to say real quick, um, the amazing thing that, you know, people come up with ideas, whether it's websites, whether it's benchings lists, but then all of a sudden there's a new technology and somebody else comes up with something unique and wonderful. Uh, you know, you know, Ken and Lewis have done such a service to Doctor Who fandom in a variety of ways. Let me tell you one thing that I really like is that with fandom, Mike and I talked about this, with fandom you also get a lot of fan history. And Ken and Lewis are not interested in the, the, the squabbling that's gone on behind the scenes in a lot of locations. They're not interested in some of that historical aspect. They want to do what they want to do. They want to tell the stories they want to tell. And what an amazing thing it is for these two guys and, and the people that work with them to do this week after week. I mean, it's Podshock is such a wonderful and tricky production. It's, it's really nice that they were able to take advantage of that technology. And I just, as much as you guys are being effusive and a fan of this convention, I'm definitely a fan of yours. Let me talk about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we love having you on. Yes. Come on, you've been great stories. I've tried my best. Unfortunately, my, my schedule sometimes conflicts because I work on the days that they record. So. We have but one more question. We're almost out of time. Guys, Travis. I just wanted to um, thank you guys for all the years that you've been doing the hot shop and it's an honor to finally meet you in person. Uh, our honor to meet you. Absolutely. Well, yes. You've been a supporter of honor since day one. So. 
Travis has been giving us uh, Gallifrey reports at the convention for the past two, three years now. Yeah. He's been on our man on the scene and before we could actually get here. So, so thank you so much for, for helping us out. And thank you everyone, by the way, for stopping in. And for those who just came in, I know there's some famous people coming up to the stage in a few minutes. So, uh, this is Doctor Who Podshock. We're going to wrap up our, our recording. I'm going to give a quick shameless plug to our good friend Billy Davis, who yesterday didn't get his Mind of Evil music video on in the uh, in the fan film room. Uh, there was a technical hitch, so he is now going to actually have it on the big screen. So we hope he'll stick around for a few minutes and give that an open mind. And then after that, I believe is it's uh, yeah Sylvester McCoy, Sophie Alvarez, Mar uh, Andrew. Cartmill, Mark Ayers, and Lisa Bauer will be on stage. But I would like, just like to say, can you please all join me in a huge round of applause for, for Ken and Lewis. Thank you. And, and Mike, who has, who has basically been their, their kind of inside man for a lot of years. Mike has done such a great job with all the commentary that he's done. Um, thank you. I hope you guys go for your many, many, many years to come. <laughs> we'll go as long as you'll go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. Uh, Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred are coming up next. Again, thank you so much, and we'll see everybody around the con the rest of the day. Thank you all for being here. And we'll see you in the corner. Post-hypnotic block. His usual technique. Whose usual technique? Well, think, man. Who else would make a deliberate attempt to plunge this world into war? Using equipment and techniques not even developed on Earth. Like this. The master. Just call me the master, I'm back upon the scene. Only a master of evil, I'm the doctor of me. I can summon visions of human fears. Alien parasite will bring you to tears I'm the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I am the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I'm the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I am the mind of evil You, you will, will obey, obey. not in control I only want to overthrow the world I'm back next week I only have one pose Know who I'm talking about again He let me go I'm the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I am the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I'm the mind of evil He's the mind of evil I am The mind of evil Would the doctor be there by any chance? Oh, did just say it's an old friend? In spite of what I've said Do you still intend to fire that rocket on London? I most certainly do that would start a world war. Exactly. And then later, when this planet is in ruins, I shall take over. Leave Earth. Stop bothering us. Go somewhere else and be a nuisance elsewhere. I don't understand. The mind of evil, Joe. I should have realized. I'm the mind of evil. He's the mind of evil. I am the mind of evil. He's the mind of evil. I'm the mind of evil. He's the mind of evil. I am the mind of evil. afraid you'd be worried about me, so I thought I'd let you know that I'm alive and well. So we won't be seeing you for quite some time? Not for quite some time. But one day, 
I will destroy this miserable planet, and you along with it. Goodbye, Doctor. Oh, by the way, enjoy your exile. <laughs> Well, that just about does it for our live show at Gallifrey. That was Gallifrey 19. And uh, a big thank you to everyone involved with Gallifrey 19. We had a we had a blast there. We're really looking forward to going back. Uh, we'll be back there in February of 2009. It's, um, as I record this, it's uh, about a half a year away already. So, um, yeah. Well, um, so start making your plans. Start booking your flights and getting your tickets. You don't want to miss... Um, an exciting convention like this. We'll be doing the, a live show once again on stage at Gallifrey. They have invited us back. We're delighted to be back. And um, I do apologize again for the audio problems here. It's not the fault of the Gallifrey convention. It was, uh, I take full blame and responsibility. Uh, it was a wrong setting on, uh, on a, a recording device that we were using. We were just testing out. First time using it at Gallifrey. And uh, you know what? You live and learn. <laughs> we won't do that again. But uh, I do apologize for the audio problems. Uh, hopefully you got you bad with it and you got through it all. Uh, a special thank you to uh, Sean Lyon for making it all possible, to Mike Duran, our Canadian correspondent. Special thanks to Paul Cornell being on stage with us. It was a delight having him there. And um, the closing off the theme, uh, closing off the, mu- the closing music, rather, was of Billy Davis, The Mind of Evil. And... Um, You'll hear more of The Mind of Evil. We're going to be launching a video feed of Doctor Who Podshock, and there's a video to go with that. In fact, in, on stage, we played the video of, the, uh, of, of that music that Billy Davis put together. And also, speaking of music, Jeff Smith did our opening theme, and he's available at thejeffsmith.com. And thank you for him uh, for his music. And um, this is just the beginning of our Gallifrey 19 coverage. We have more to come, so um, there'll be more Doctor Who Podshocks with more coverage, interviews, and more excitement from Gallifrey 19. And thank you for uh, for continuing to be a subscriber to Doctor Who Podshock. We do appreciate it. We really do enjoy uh, all the feedback you've been giving us. And... um, Please continue to give us our, uh, that, that, that feedback at feedback at podshock.net. You've been listening to Dr. Who Podshock by the fan run org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at gallifrey1.com. Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Once again, uh... Send us your feedback at feedback at podshock.net. Join us on our website at gallifreynemacy.org. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Lewis Trapani. And thank you once again. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>